podcast. And I guess we can just start off with that. What's up? It's the Formula Hooligan Podcast, episode six, I think. I'm Alex Gomes. You are? Hosey Charlie. Sure. And returning. I don't know why I always <laughs> throw my hands up when I say my name. It's kind of weird. But anyway. And returning for the podcast, we have... <laughs> Whoever wants to go first. Here we go. All right, and... Rick Brown. Excellent. I'm sure everybody forgot from last week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what is I this know. now anyway? Oh. Podcast six? That's what I said, and I believe that's well, That's correct. good. We haven't been canceled yet. That's good. <laughs> um, viewership is up to uh, 11 subscribers. Uh, you know what? We do like a steady 50 viewers per episode. It's that's not really good. terrible. If we hit 100, you know? I'll buy you a pizza. All right. How about that? that I mean, that's that's setting the Big bar kind of low, but all right. I'll, I'll buy your beer, too. All right. Pizza, beer. Yeah. Uh, free night. Go. Yeah. Of all that. That works out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we have Kieran and Rick back because this episode is dedicated to the Indy 500 once again, except it, now it's happened, so now we got to talk about it. Yeah, so uh, Danica yeah. Patrick didn't win. No, because she didn't Thank enter. Oh, she's not racing <laughs> and she And she managed to not junk the pace car, so I call that a win in my book. Oh, I call yeah, there, it you win there you go. For the, you know, uh, that was a loss for Danica IndyCar, Honda. though. I, you know what's funny? I used to watch more back when uh, Danica Patrick was in it because... She was attractive. And I'm like, I see attractive girl, I turn on and I watch. But uh, she sucked. She even sucks talking no. about it. No, she sucks. She, she didn't suck. No, she no, you, you guys need to educate him on. She didn't on... win. No, she, actually... she won a race. She uh, won yes, a race. Yes, I understand. Fine, so she's yeah. better than Anna Kornikova. But she did she actually lead the Indy 500 at one point? She did, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. She led a few laps, like her very first year, and then she but, was pretty much forgettable every year after that. How funny ran, is it though when you get like introduced? Five of them total. But she got introduced when she was commentating, like Danica Patrick, who led the Indy 500. It's just kind of like, yeah, they got to give her the accolades, the highest yeah, one they can think of at the time, you know. Well, yeah, Dude. it's like whenever she got announced at NASCAR, oh, Danica Patrick, the 2013 Daytona 500 pole sitter. Yeah, because she yeah. never yeah. did anything worth a shit. Yeah, she's she a pole sitter, some, all right. She finished 30th or worse more than I think probably anybody that wasn't a, a start and park car for their, most of their career. Oh my God! I think she almost has as many thirtieth, thirtieth or worse finishes as Joni Macek and Dave Blaney, who are who both are notorious for driving for start and park teams. Jesus Christ! But was it a hey, not you know? Not. But you were you were just uh, just talking about uh, you know Lewis Hamilton having the best Formula One car. Did she just have a really shitty car? No. He was driving for Stuart Haas. Yeah, Stuart Haas won championships while she was driving. No, uh, did they? Yeah. Yes, they did. 2011 was a championship for Tony. I know. Was she around for 2011? Kevin, Kevin Harvick won. Kevin Harvick won. Uh, well, oh, you're right. You're right. Yes, you are well, correct. Yeah. Well, we're on the subject. Came out of the same stable. No excuses. What's the female's name? I can't think of it right now. That that did run the Indy 500 this year. There was none. Simona De Silvestro. Oh, no, there yeah, was Simona, Simona De Silvestro. Yeah. It's been yeah. all woman, almost all woman yep. team. Yeah. The Beth Peretta Autosport team. They, uh, yeah. they had, I think they had a couple male, one or two male engineers from Penske, and I think two tire, two tire changes were men. Yep. But uh, I do believe that that they were the first female tire changers in the Indy in the history. Really. Yeah. Leave it to the racing to get it right have the women change the tires and the men go out and run the car stop it sorry <laughs> no she ran the car too it was yeah, a woman a driver. driving too yeah 
Jesus Christ, Charles. <laughs> Women working together, brother. <laughs> yep. Um, so we got to think forward. It's 2021. That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, let's give the race a good re... I, dude, all right. So it's the first Indy 500 that I've sat down and watched in a while. And mostly due to, I mean, last time's episode. I mean, you guys talking about it, the history about it, and me watching the Fast 9 for qualifying, and it, it did get me amped up for it. And I got to say, this year's race did not disappoint at all. It was it was pretty awesome, pretty incredible. Um, it was unreal. It was, and we can e- easily go to why, you know, because of who won and just the whole history of that win and everything else. But uh, I mean, it was it was action throughout that like it was it was never guaranteed who's going to win, and I'm assuming you know every Indy 500 is like that because you do have the constant lead changes and whatnot. But like even this one, you know, it seems like certain teams which is kind of cool to see, had control over the race at a certain time. Uh, the, uh, what were the, uh, was it the Ed Carpenter cars that were controlling the race for a while? It was uh, Renus VK. Alien VK. Yeah. yeah. The, the Ed Carpenter cars were rockets, dude. I mean, Connor Daly took the lead before the halfway point of the race, probably super early. It was like lap 30-something, I feel, I feel like. I could be wrong, yeah. but... Connor Daly took the lead, and I swear to God, I haven't heard that place go that crazy since the last time Tony Kanaan took the lead out there. It was sure. insane, dude. Yeah. yeah, I know you were and, there, Kieran, but he, you could hear that. You could, you could feel hear it. that on TV. Yeah, you could oh, yeah. hear it on TV. Yeah, yeah. I failed to mention that. Kieran, you were actually there, which is a pretty yes, awesome... I sat, uh, I sat up in turn four with my old man. Uh, my dad got to come back from the Philippines for the first time since COVID began. Uh, it's the first time I'd seen him since Thanksgiving 2019. Yeah, he was out there for a minute. Um, he, we, it was the first time I'd seen him since Thanksgiving 2019, and uh, we had a great time. We got treated to arguably one of the best races I've seen in my 17 Indianapolis 500s that I've been to. I believe And uh, I give it, you know, I would give that race 12 out of 10 lug nuts. <laughs> I like that voting system. Well, right? it's two more than, uh, what's his name, got... Uh... Oh, Ray Hall, like we're talking yeah, about. We were just saying, yeah. <laughs> did you take him to the pit? More importantly, did you take him to the uh, snake pit or whatever the hell you got? You were calling it. They didn't have a snake pit this year. They actually didn't do. Uh, they didn't do the post race garage access like they do every year. Yeah. They didn't have the rave in the snake pit, uh, which was nice actually because. You know, when you're having a couple beers under the sun, the last thing you want to hear is some thumping bass over the sound of some race cars. Um, the pyrotechnics were cool, but. It's just, it's all a distraction. Um, it was, as far as a racing experience goes, it was, was probably it the full, best one I've been to since capacity? I first started going to them. I didn't notice. No. Oh, I mean, it, it was, it, no. They, it was it was supposed to be 40%, but that place seats 235,000, and they sold 135,000 tickets. Right. So you do the math, that's more than 40%. Still six digits um, worth of people. Which is incredible. It's, it was a shit. I mean, you look at those grandstands, man. I couldn't tell any difference. I had a little bit more leg room. There was some spots in turn three and four that were a little more open than the rest, but um, for the most part, it was just another Indy 500 to me. Well, a hell That's... of an Indy 500, I'm sure. Like you were saying, one of the best yeah. ones you've seen. Now, um, you know, like I was saying, it was really cool to see the Ed Carpenter cars kind of take the lead and control the race for a little bit. Because I thought, you know, previous Indy 500s that I've paid attention to, it's like somebody takes a lead and it's kind of like every five laps or so somebody else can take the lead. But here, you know, this this race didn't work out like that. And actually, one of the things that I found to be interesting, um, I think the first run wasn't controlled by a team. It was controlled by a driver. And it's it's I'm failing to remember who it was. Um, oh, Herta, I believe. 
Who was it? I think it was it was either Colton Herta or Arenas VK. Yeah, yeah I want to say I want to say Herta. I want to say Herta, but the interesting thing I know Herta led the first lap. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The interesting thing was is like you know they're talking about fuel strategy because refueling is definitely a thing in IndyCar, and um, as it I was kind of thinking, and I remember texting. I think Rick or no, I was text. I had a text group going with Rick and, and uh, Rich Hemingway there. Um, but I asked like, so is the leader basically screwed because he he'll burn all his fuel as compared to the other guys that can just take it easy behind him. You know, because it's a it's kind of a pack race. Then. It's not really a pack race. It's kind of like a line, because pack racing wouldn't work around single line corners like Indianapolis has. Um, yeah. But I was just thinking, like, isn't the leader basically screwed? Why would you want to lead? And then the announcers or the commentators kind of talked about how they basically figure out in those early runs how their car handles and how it will burn off fuel in clean air as opposed to drafting. Yeah, so they're I guess, checking. Checking fuel mileage and seeing how it feels to lead because your wing, your air on your wings is going to be different if you're leading or if you're in second. So they're right. they're trying oh, to yeah. get a feel for it, but then they're also just shuffling back and saving gas. So it's just a game for the first 150 laps. And dirty air sure. at Indy is nothing to fuck with. Right. Right. So yeah, that was interesting to see play out. And then during the first group of pit stops. We had our first caution. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. He's not one of the bigger names, but this Stephon happened a few Wilson. times during Stephon, the race. He's Justin Wilson's little brother, Stefan Wilson. Uh, you know what? When, when they did say it was Stefan Wilson, I was thinking, like, is there any relation to Justin? I was thinking yes. that. Yes, brother. Gotcha. So, yeah, he, he, he basically looped car. it. What's this now? He was running Justin's old car and oh, car no number way. for the same team. Yeah, I know. It it's cool. Andretti, Andretti and uh, Stefan Wilson have a good relationship. Oh, that. That is pretty. He almost brilliant. won the race for them. Uh, he almost won the race for them back in 2018. He was three laps shy on fuel. He was leading. He led the final restart. No way. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That the only unfortunate that, uh... part, though, was on the restart. It was pretty much you need a caution or you're coming in. But hey, what are you gonna do? Kind of Sato did that this last race too. They were just driving around hoping to make a have a caution and make it you know right that's and part of the didn't game dixon already. basically have a like a caution reliant strategy going as well because of his early trouble he was working his way back up if he had got a caution he might have made the top 10 there sure. from two laps was he two laps down one lap down i think he was uh i think him and rossi both he ended up getting a lucky yellow and got back to one lap down and then unlapped himself i think he stayed out during a yellow or something like that gotcha um, now yeah, there... him and rossi got bound down early Right, there is no lucky dog in IndyCar, correct? You have to work your no, way there back. There is not. Yeah, you got to yeah, do it the, gotta go gotta around. the hard way. Right. So, yeah, the initial crash happens with Stefan, which sucked. And it was kind of like, maybe you guys can explain it to me better because it happened to multiple drivers throughout the race, both veterans and rookies, where, like, guys were just looping it coming into the pits. And they were saying it's so, because they had no brake pressure coming in. And I didn't think you use the brakes really while you're racing, so why would you lose brake pressure? Is it because the pads aren't at the discs yet and they're not they're not pumping them before they come in? Well, so I what read it is, today that they actually the had, did you read it? They set yeah. up the brake pads to like actually push back off of the discs so that right. they would have less rolling resistance yeah. in the race. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah, they they ran their uh, it's it's a trick system that they put in for the quali- for qualifying to keep the like like. Uh, like Chris was saying, Rick, excuse me, God, I've got everyone's names all mixed up. Um, 
like Rick was saying, they have a they have a system for the brakes. It, they they're sprung. They they hold the pads away from the rotor. There's no rolling resistance, so the car goes faster. Um, and a lot some teams elected to run it for the race, being that it's a super speedway and you don't use your brakes a whole lot other than pitting. But that being the case, you know you got no pedal coming into the pits, so they're pumping it up, and then they got too much pedal, and then you have what happens happened. Right. Right, and I guess it's not too surprising that they lock up the rears because I guess if you were using the brakes on the track, you would want a little bit of rear kick to kind of help rotate. I would think. Oh yeah, it's it's just like uh, it's just like dirt racing. I mean, you got one big ass rotor in the back and a smaller one on the left front, and it helps if you you drag the brakes a little bit. It helps the car rotate. Right. Right. You know? Oh, you know, especially what? in traffic at Indy. I mean, that's that's key. Right. I gotta make one video adjustment. Hold on, folks. You guys can talk amongst yourselves. He's just squirming. He's got to take a... Never mind. I spent all day trying to figure out how to make that f***ing brake pad system work on my world formula for the f***ing road race. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to spring my pads out, too. Yeah. My pads are like that. I, I, I feel like I need to get you guys set up with my brake system. You want oh, to do but that. you don't have work with you guys. Never mind. It would on one track. We don't really use the brakes on one track. <laughs> no. Yeah, but you'd need to run an inch and a quarter axle, and it's just not going to work. Yeah. All right. Video is good now. Um, yeah, so, all right, that's a good explanation as to why the, the spins were happening there. So after that caution, actually, we should say during the caution, we should explain the whole thing that went on with Rossi and uh, Dixon there. Dixon suffered from vapor lock in the fuel what lines. What is that? And what did Rossi say? They ran it out of gas. The same thing? I'm yeah, pretty sure. So vapor lock is something I didn't know existed up until the weekend that I watched this. And uh, I was talking to my yeah, father. That, he explained it to thing. me. It's really interesting. It's like. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, so that, there's, there's too much negative pressure in the gas tank that right. it doesn't allow fuel to get to the engine. And that happens when you basically just have vapor going through the lines and no fuel. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. or the fuel, like, so we had we had a vapor lock issue a couple of years ago driving from, my dad, my dad had a Jaguar V12 that we drove from Rhode Island to Florida. Long story short, it blew up in Georgia, but uh, no, basically, uh, yeah, we, we struggled with vapor lock on that trip because we lost the AC compressor, and with those big V12 motors Jaguar built, they have an in-out line for the fuel, so whatever fuel doesn't get burned gets pumped back to the fuel tank, and it goes through the engine block, and it's hot. So if the AC cooler's out, it can't cool the fuel back down. Hot fuel gets pumped to the fuel tank, and basically that's what your, your fuel expands, and you got the negative pressure, and it just doesn't allow fuel to suck to the engine. Oh, that's wow! So that's what's nuts. the solution then? Just wait, wait it out until you're. That's I mean that's kind of what they had to do. They lost a lap, didn't they? Well, I yeah, was talking about your Jaguar it. situation there, but yeah. That's another story for another time. That was that was a hell of a trip. <laughs> That's your yeah. Sorry, you bought a Jaguar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have that in big time auto racing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So after this caution, when they got restarted, and now Scott Dixon and Rossi, I think I know you guys said they were down one line. I think it was two, right? Weren't they both down two? No, they, they were, were down, down one, one at that point. Oh, okay. All right, and then when they restarted, they they kind of agreed to work with each other to try to get back and, and get their lap back. We didn't really see much progress throughout the race about them going forward, only because like the top ten battle was insane the whole time. It was that that's where all the action. Yeah, there was, was no point. No, nobody gave a shit about them. 
No, no, no. Nobody gave a shit yeah. at all. It was basically, are you in the top ten? No. That's where. That's who's gonna get on TV. Nobody else. Nobody else matters. And no. that's when we saw the Ed Carpenter cars together work and and trade first and second place to help each other save fuel every five laps or whatever it was. I loved that. That was so cool to see because now it's like you're defeating the whole uh, detriment of being out front. It's like, well, if we share being out front, then we can kind of work against the system. And maybe when we come into pit, the guys behind us will pit either the same lap or only one lap later, as opposed to, I believe, when the first round of pit stops happened. Uh, I forgot his name already. Christ. BK. Well, whoever, whoever was in the lead in the first stint. Um, Renus. Renus VK. Yeah, yeah. He came in, and I think the he second place the, and back didn't come in. Car. Yes. Second place and back didn't come in for like two laps. So there's a two-lap advantage you're already making up. So by now these two guys, right. you know, switching off, they're trying to go against that and make it so it's either the same lap or one lap back. I loved that. I loved watching that. And that kind of remained throughout the whole race. If I remember correctly, I believe the two of them basically controlled the race even through the second caution, correct? Yeah, it was like yes. through the whole middle of the race they they were doing that. Unfortunately, it wasn't for the last quarter of the race for them, but, you know. No, they, yeah. the wheels fell off the bus at the end there. It doesn't matter who leads what, uh, 99% of the race. You got to lead that last one. <laughs> you got to hey, ask Dan Weldon, man. Oh, you can't, but... Dan Weldon. Oh knew. God! Oh no! He, he won. He won the one. Hey, I, I'm not cracking jokes, man. I, I was. I was in Las Vegas that day, and uh, it was a bad deal. But yeah, he only led one lap in the 2011 Indy 500, and it was he the only, one that mattered. He only, he only led, led the last hundred yards straight away. <laughs> yeah, barely. Like it, yeah. he won like the last little before the start finish line. So much so that Panther Racing protested the finish and said that he passed under caution. Even though their car was the caution. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we did have, I mean, this race was incredibly clean. I got to tell you, there were no on-track accidents. If you think about it, all the accidents were either pit bloopers or pit crew mistakes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because the second caution. carried up on the racetrack. Yeah. The second caution was Graham Rahal's wheel coming off as he was exiting the pits between one and two. And he, and he shot up the racetrack. 200 yards down the- yeah, yeah, and um, I can't think of Mullet Kid's name. Christ. Right, but it's amazing that, that Connor nose Daly. Stayed- Connor, Connor Daly. Daly. Yep. His nose stayed intact. It did, but I I, that I'm name. sure he had arrow damage. It didn't you know, look like just it. Oh enough. yeah, and honestly, that was infuriating because they got a caution. Like mm. you got a caution, and they left him out there because they were like, "Oh, it'll be fine." So they could have brought him in. And put the good nose wing on, and gone back out and been in contention for the win. They could have patched that car up and been right there, but they decided, yeah. no, we don't want to surrender the track position. So they willingly accepted the aerodynamic deficiency and lost the track position anyways. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, they it's had a, a risk. winning. It's they a had a gamble. winning car. Connor Daly should be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, but it BK really kind of went away too. Once they didn't, once they didn't have each other, they kind of went off. Yeah, they were screwed. Right, I do remember that happening. Girls. After that point, you didn't really see the Ed Carpenter cars anymore. They kind of, I mean, they were there. They hung around like fifth place, but it wasn't like now nah, they're doing their whole trade for the lead and, and looking like contenders anymore. Um, right. Yeah, that was over at that point. Right. So, yeah, after that caution, the race kind of changed attitudes. And uh, it's it's so funny because 
Hilio just kind of stayed up there the entire race. And did he race? Lead? Did he lead I previously? Mean, before he took yes, the lead? Yes, he did. He, he led, led a little bit here and there, but not much. I think he led mostly after the halfway point. He he would lead like before pit stops and after the halfway point. And I remember actually standing in line. Like I, oh, the concessions were stupid. They didn't no cat. There's cashless this year at IMS, so the concession lines were. I remember it was like lap 120. I'm watching it on my phone on Hulu. And the lady, I'm talking about it with the lady behind me. I was like, he hasn't, Haley hasn't looked like that around here in a long time. This is mm-hmm. probably his day. Yep. I mean, they, they, the commentators are pumping it up like it was going to be his day. Oh, yeah. yeah they they kind of I mean, gambled on it being years. his day. Yeah, why? They, they've so been wanting to see him become a four time winner for a while. What's the appeal of this guy? Why is he? Well, beyond me knowing that like he's a really nice dude, nobody really hates him. I'm sure you guys can explain more of the fandom behind the guy. So he's just always all smiles. He's always happy as can be. The guy's hilarious. Yeah. So when Helio won his first race in cart way, way back, I think it was like 2000, maybe 2001. Yeah, um, right around the Stallone it was, movie it was, that came out then. Yep. Yes, <laughs> that awful. That awful movie that shall not be spoken of again. Um, he won. He won at Belle Isle, and uh, he that that was cart was cracking down on victory celebrations, and they didn't want the drivers showboating or doing donuts or anything like that. But he was, you know, 25 years old. He won his first race in America, and he was so overcome with emotion, he got out of the car at the start finish line and climbed the fence and cheered with the fans. And it was he got a six thousand dollar fine for it, and I guess the fans loved it so much that when he went to pay it, they tore the check up. So, wow. uh, and, and that's just, that's stuck. I mean, he won the Indy 500, climbed the fence, I won it, it again, yeah. climbed the fence. Yep. Won it again after getting acquitted of being a tax evader, climbed the fence. Huh. That's his thing. I figured that's where it came from when I saw him do it. Uh, yeah. But I was like, man, it that was looks crazy. really dangerous, you know? Yeah. Was... More so than COVID. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, good thing this isn't constr- in a, you know, a construction site. This is not an OSHA approved move right here. Yeah, part of me was like thinking Jurassic Park too, like it's an electric fence and it's gonna start fucking frying them in any minute. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we are leading to that. Helio did win this year's race, and I gotta tell spoiler you, spoiler alert. What's this? Not I said happy. spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah spoiler exactly. Alert. Yeah, well, that's why you listen to it this. It happened episode. like two weeks ago at this point. So what the hell? And by the time I mean, Alex gets this posted, it'll be three weeks ago. So. Hey, have more faith in me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a lot of shit to put this thing together. Yeah, it's all right. I know. Um, yeah, so Haley won the race, dude. And I got to tell you, like, yeah, I mean, the whole race had action throughout. But the way it finished where he passes for the lead, crossing the line for two laps to go, he holds it on. The crowd, like we were telling you, Kieran, you could hear the crowd on the TV pro- you know, broadcast, and you were there. So I can only imagine how it was with you being there, dude. Oh, I have man. Not, I haven't heard a crowd like that be so excited in motorsport since when Dale, I told Rick this when Ford beat Ferrari. I wasn't there. I wasn't (laughs) watching those races. Come on. Basically, I haven't heard a crowd that excited since when Dale jr. Used to win at like Talladega. That's the last time I can remember a crowd, you know, me watching a race, a crowd being like ecstatic, so excited. Yeah. You can hear it over the cars. Just. And that was 40% capacity. I know. That's what's incredible. And just like Yeah, imagine if that had been a packed house. They would have had that that place there would have been riots. <laughs> Portish jitters would have been on fire. <laughs> yeah, maybe well, so, man. Up, then there should have been. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude, I love... I mean, it was special in the moment to see that happening, dude. And, like, especially all the celebration afterwards and how, like, I saw Will Power come up and congratulate him and and many other drivers and crew members of crew, you know, crews that he's not a part of and just, like, the, the utmost love for the guy and the crowd screaming the entire time that he's getting congratulated by everybody. Just, like, it was incredible to see. But wh- answer me this. Do they not do blue flags? Like, what was going on with the lap traffic? Why didn't they move out of the way last They lap? weren't a lap down yet. Yeah, no, I mean, they're. it's not like they're going to get a yellow and get their lap back. I mean, it's two to go. No, if you did get I'm a yellow, is, like, the race is going to end under it. But... about any blue flag. I mean, they you have to literally move out of the driving line. But the last that lap sounds, there. Um, that sounds about right for Formula One. Yeah. yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah, Formula, Formula One. So we need to get the leaders by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're you're allowed to defend your lap in in IndyCar. In oval, yes. yeah. You, you don't you don't have to move over until you're actually a lap down because gotcha. you're not lap, a lap, lap down. Lap cars have rights point. too. Lap cars right. have rights. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Okay. Lap cars have rights too. <laughs> lap cars matter. Yeah, I like it. Let's make the shirts. And by the way, you know what's funny? Remember last podcast? We're like, we're going to get shirts and we're going to get all this cool shit. One step at a time. Yeah, we'll get there. Basically. But wait, I like this one. Let's let's I think we need a shirt with a slogan on it. So like lapped cars, lives matter. I like it. (laughs) No, don't poke that bear. We'll yeah, we'll canceled. have to reword it a little differently. <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah. How about just Flat lap cars, cars matter? Ask Newport Propane what they think about it. First. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll just put a yeah. rainbow flag on it. We'll be good. Thanks to Newport Propane <laughs> for their continued support and sponsorship of the hey. Formula Hooligan Podcast. Yes. The wheels Cheers are coming to off propane. tonight. I yeah, I don't know. I you know I'm debating right now whether or not I want to do the censorship anymore. We were talking about this for the podcast. The only reason I do the censorship is so that family members don't hear me say words. <laughs> it's only like one or two words. It's pretty lame. I don't know. I don't think we're going to lose anybody if I don't do censorship. I think the censorship. only words we've said wrong is f-. Yeah. So, guys, let's just say f- as much as we can. No. So, Alex is going to have such a f-ing hard time editing this later. How f-ing dare you? <laughs> you're going to blow his mind. <laughs> Who the f- do you think you are? I don't know. When are we going to talk about f***ing karting again? Eventually. I I, I have more thoughts on... I the... wasn't f***ing there anyway, so who the f*** cares? Huh. I have you. karting stories. I have a karting story for you guys when oh, we get to right, it. Oh, all right. Let's hear it. I guess we'll just dive into Sorry, it. Sorry, I wish oh, I had well, a cool transition I... into that. There you go. Yeah, I guess yeah, we've basically I... wrapped up the yeah. Indy 500, well, right? We'll, we'll go back into Indy. Let's just... Let's hear. I want to yeah. talk about carding now. All right. Yeah. Let, let's hear your carding yeah. story here, Karen. We're getting bored. Too so much Indy I, um, <laughs> Yes. So Monday after the Indy 500, my dad and I, uh, we were st- we stayed with a guy when we got to Indy. His name's Vincent Schneider, and uh, the guy is he's a he's a carter in Indiana. Uh, he has a shifter cart that he runs. It's got a Honda 120 CR 125 on it. Oh, it's uh, it's a Zanardi. Yeah, it's a Zanardi chassis yep. with a Honda yep. CR 125 on it and uh, six gears. Races at Newcastle pretty regularly. Has a garage out there. Well, we get out there, and uh, he, I, I, he called me about a couple days before I left and was like, hey, so bring your helmet and your suit. I'm going to put you in my car at Newcastle and give you some laps. And I've never driven a shifter cart before. Holy f- So naturally, naturally, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, 
<laughs> so I trucked I trucked my gear bag out there with a helmet and a fire suit in it and all the rest of my shit. And uh, I gotta say, man, those things are way faster than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy shit. And uh, I do have some I, I have some GoPro footage that uh, if you guys want to, I'll, I'll send it to you. I have seen later one on, lap, whatever. Yeah, maybe if we can not, edit it in. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, it was, uh, but. Man, I, I only got about 10 laps in it, and then Vince got back in it, and uh, the, he had a ceramic brake rotor on the rear axle, and that thing shattered. $650. Cha-ching. No. So is that I got, I got user one error? Set. Was it user error? What happened? I don't know. He, he spun out his first set out, and then I got in the car, and then he got back in the car, and the brake rotor exploded. So I'm kind of convinced the guy just ran a black cat or something over on the way to the track that day. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's misfortune. It's, it's, it's like, I always say it's racing shit happens. Um, but we did, I did get him talked into putting a steel rotor on that thing for the next time he goes out. So hopefully he doesn't have that problem again. I only made ceramic yeah. rotors. Yeah. It's not for crazy. that. I'm, my, well, my yeah, I was, got full ceramics. I was, I was Monday years old when I found out they ran ceramic rotors in asphalt car. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, my gotcha. my shifter's all ceramics all the way around. Really? Yeah, thing stops like that. It stopped on a dime. Um, I I will say I wasn't very bold on the brakes, and I have some really nasty shifting habits for it being a stick shift or not basically a stick shift. So yeah. every time I'd grab a gear, if you look at the if you look at the video and you watch my brake foot, I'm going for the clutch. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm going well, for the so clutch. So wait, hold on. I've never turned the shifters, but you have to lift on the upshift? Correct. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, I found that out too. So that, yeah, it's got to it be was, a little... It's so hard to keep up with the shifts. I mean, But it's got to be hard too. Shifting. I mean, your left foot's stationary. You just got to lift quickly upshift. But on downshifts, you're just bang, banging down through it. Bang, bang, know? bang, bang. Yeah. yeah. Just banging the gears down in that thing. It's like yeah. four downshifts for the I'm not, and then... Yeah, that I'm not familiar. That would be awkward to me. If it was like a paddle Why? shifter, because it's just... You've never ridden a motorcycle? You can do the same shit no, with a motorcycle. I, dude, I've driven a, a motorbike once and I crashed, so I'm not doing anything oh. anymore. Oh, but no, I actually didn't. I actually didn't type. mind having the handle there because it's you know I, I thought it would be harder because I asked him too. I was like, nobody has paddle shifters for these things, right? And uh, so wait, some well, people on. do, but I guess the system costs like a thousand bucks. And I've heard it's not fast. I've heard it's actually got a bit of lag to it. It's not so you can not intuitive. have paddles though. Yes, if you ever went to F1 Boston and looked at the shifter cart that was on on site there, it had the paddles. RJ had one with paddles, but like I said. Evidently, they're not quick, not very intuitive. It's better to just have the lever. So it's like a first-gen Ferrari paddle shifter type thing. <laughs> I guess. I don't see it getting better enough to where it would replace the, the shaft. It's mechanical. The shaft is mechanical. Why would you want yeah, that? It's it's a steel rod on a heim that connects directly to the right, motor. But Why? I got to right. ask the uh, obvious question here is like, I can't imagine, though, turning, taking my hand off the wheel and shifting at the same time. I why are you, sh why are you shifting formula. mid corner? You don't even notice it. Really? Yeah, you know, you. It's, it's an afterthought. Well, yeah, it's, it's also you're pretty much Because by then, when you start grabbing gears again, you've already got the car rotated and you're coming off the corner unwinding anyhow. Yeah. And it's also right there. It's not like a car. Yeah. You're not like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're literally just lifting, reaching forward like a, an inch. Yeah, like if my hands are here, the shifter was here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's right there. Like, yeah. I, I literally like I could shift. I could shift with two fingers almost. Alex, you've never been in a shifter, right? 
three times. Oh, you have? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't know that. Where I, uh, Josh Dennis bought a shifter, and I tried that out for a second. And then... No, it must be twice. So I, I tried out uh, Josh's shifter cart for, for a hot second, and that was a lot of fun. And then I tried out uh, Brad Danoff's shifter at Club Motorsport. That w- that experience wasn't as good as it could have been because that was the end of last year. I was pretty like physically weak at the time. I, I've actually been doing like body exercises and shit over the winter to be you know uh, strong enough for Rotax. Cause fatigue has been my biggest problem when it comes to racing something faster. So basically, I was racing a two-stroke all day at club just doing testing sessions. And by the time I jumped in a shifter, I was so weak that I remember coming around the start-finish line, which isn't a straight. It's kind of like this gradual left. And, like, the car started oversteering. And then when I went to catch it, it, you know, caught. But then I didn't have the strength to now recorrect to keep going straight, and I just went off in the grass. And I was just like, this sucks. Like, I... I can't hold on to this. I'm holding on for dear life just to hold myself in the cart, and I'm not driving it. And that's what led me to just flinging into the grass, and it sucked. So, you know, next time I drive a shifter cart, hopefully I have the strength to just keep it up and actually have fun with it instead of just holding on for dear life. And it also doesn't help that, like, basically every cart I drive except for the one, you know, ones that I own and the seats that I buy for them are too big for me. I just, I just flail around in a seat. So that doesn't help. But uh, shifter carts, when when you can concentrate on them and drive them, are insanely fun. And you should take any. I was it, yeah. Anytime I tell, I away. what I tell everybody is that if you're given the opportunity to drive a shifter cart, do not hesitate whatsoever. Just do it. Just no. go for it. Yeah. Yeah, my Money, first shifter race was the same on. day as I ran a World Formula and the shifter the same day at Canaan. I ran two classes, and that was that was bad. By the end shifter race, coming onto the front stretch, you had to get down to second. There was some day at times I was just like, third's good. That'll, that'll work here from now on. We'll just keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I no, can definitely see that, dude. It it takes a lot out of you. So my buddy Josh, who did, who I uh, you know, I drove his shifter car as my first experience. He did a test day at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and it was in 2015, and they weren't doing the chicane that we do on the access roads, believe it or not. It was just straight through, and then you jump yeah, on to the on road like, course bit. Was he on, like, the oval road course, the roval? No, what they no, what they do is they, uh, you know, the, the the sports car course that goes out the back of the track? Like, out, like out, out of the back straight? Yeah, out of the back straight, yep. Okay, yeah. So there, there's the I sports car course out the back there. What's this now? I said I played that once or twice on R Factor. Okay, it's also an iRacing. If you ever want to get a shot, it is on there. Yep. The New Hampshire. Uh, oh, it is on. It is on iRacing, huh? Yeah, yeah. You can that. you can do the road course in iRacing. Um, they use that section. It's the bowl. You know, it goes downhill. It's a cambered left, and then you come back up the hill. They use that section of the sports car course, and then you also kind of exit stage right to go to like the ex- the access roads that people use to camp for the NASCAR races, basically. And camping make, road make a, uh, on. oh dear <laughs> terrible it's t- yeah it is pretty terrible it, it's bumpy as shit i mean it's it's what we got to work with and they've they've made it better in the past few years <laughs> oh, because, your seat broke. yeah oh it definitely is um <laughs> we'll get to that in a second um 
Yeah, so it's access roads, and then they share a bit of the road course that the sports car use, or you know, motorcycles, whatever races there on the road course, and that's what they make a go kart track out of. So there's a chicane in the access roads bit that we use. It's basically just a crossover from one road to the other. You know, make a nice little ninety ninety chicane out of it. And they weren't running that, so basically it was just like one super long straight, come back onto the road course and take those nice gentle corners and come back. And I remember Josh, I was talking to Josh, you know, at a bar the week before he was going to go test at F1 Outdoors. And I was telling him, like, I, I was like, hey, look, I know NH, NHMS was really bumpy and really rough to deal with. But I'm telling you, dude, the G-forces at F1 Outdoors are going to kill you. He's like, no, no, f***ing bumps. That, that's, that's what gets you. It's, it's not the G-forces. And I'm like, all right. And then I'm at the same bar with him a week later on a Monday. And I was like, so how did your test session go out at X1? And he's like, dude, I couldn't make the day. I'm like, yeah, yeah, why? Why was it? He's like, dude, I felt like my ribs are going to break as I was coming around that fountain corner, having to take my hand off the wheel to reach for a gear. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. He's like, I, I had to quit halfway through. I'm like, what did I tell you? The G-forces are what get you, dude. It's yeah. not the bumps. It's, the, it's, the, it's getting shoved into a seat, you know? Is the fountain corner that uh, that bank corner? At it's the not end of the, the bank corner. Away? No, the fountain corner is actually a very long, kind of off camber. You're gonna pull more G's on the banked corner, though. You're gonna pull more G's on the bank corner, but it's quick. Whereas the fountain Quicker, corner will last. The fountain corner is just abuse the whole way through it. Yes, and you correct. also have a sketchy feeling, I'm sure, in a shifter cart there. Well, like he said, he had to let go of one of his hands to shift a gear through but it. But not even that. I'm just saying you're on the limit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, like, it's not like you're getting pressed into the ground like the bank right. corner where it's just like all the grip right. in the world. It's definitely exactly. – I, like I said, I think it is – if it's not flat, it's slightly off camera. They must have to lift. Must. Shifter – yeah. Shifters, yeah, shifters definitely Shifters lift. would probably have to lift through that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the shifters are brutal, man. They're brutal. But, like I said, if you can rang it in, it's, it is so much fun. It is incredible. It's, it's an amazing driving experience. Yeah, As no, I agree. Know now, um, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I know. I feel odd man out. They look jerky at times, though. You know, some of the guys out there, but the ones that are like really up at the front, they're so smooth. But it's got to be hard to be smooth with it. Oh, it's, gotta, so, it's just yeah. gonna be practice. So aggressive. Yeah, it's a different drove, kind of smooth. The one, I, the one I drove felt like it was towed in. Like I, I mean, you guys, as you guys know, I'm a dirt guy, so I'm used to right. flinging my shit into the corner. And I mean, I would come over the cor- I came over a couple corners, like an off camber corner, and like I was, I was, sh- I felt like I was shaking maracas coming over the the, the crest there, and uh, it was just tough, man. Those things are twitchy. It was. I'd I'd love to get I'd love to get more laps in it. And actually, Vince offered me an opportunity to go back later this summer and possibly you know go run a race out there. Yeah, you were telling so me that on the phone. I, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna take him up on that. Yeah, um, you should. If nothing dude. else, just for the experience. Hell I mean, yeah! It's, I would definitely love to get one just to have. Is it even if I didn't get to? I don't like racing out here on the asphalt because I have a better time on the dirt. But just to have one to go run around, you know, that let's say for example the Davis Kart track on a Sunday is for a trainer. I mean, sure. There's no time like seat time. Am I right? That's right. There is no time like seat time. You are absolutely correct. Um, Unless it's Miller time, but you're drinking a Coors, so. 
(laughs) (laughs) This episode of the Formula Hooligan Podcast is brought to you by Newport Propane. Wait, wait. Now, Alex, does anyone even use propane anymore? Do you live under a rock, Charles? Well, I know you can grill with it. Uh Uh-huh. But can you cook on the stove with it? Yes. Heat the house with it? Of course. Warm up the pool? Mm Mm-hmm. Fuel my flamethrower so I can melt snow with it? All right, slow down, Charles. What about when the lights go out? A propane generator will do you right. Okay, okay. So who would I talk to if I want propane in my house? Newport Propane, of course. They've been family-owned and operated for over 60 years now, so I'd say they know a thing or two about propane installation and delivery. Not to mention, they'll come out and give you a free estimate on any propane systems you're thinking about adding to your home. Sounds good to me. How do I get in touch with them? You can call them at 401-847-6878 or visit them online at newportpropane.com. That's 401-847-6878 or newportpropane.com. Newport Propane, proudly serving the Rhode Island area for over 60 years. Speaking of no seat Rocky time, Charlie, there was a race last weekend that we had yeah, at the NHKA. Let's hear all about it. Yeah. Charlie, how did your race go? Um, I was a DNF. <laughs> you were a DNS. Not even yeah, did DNF. not start, did not show. Did not show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, didn't show. <laughs> it was raining. You hit the, you hit the ice no. chest a little too hard or what? No, I. Uh, the rain had nothing to do with it. It's a holiday weekend. I was going to go to Nantucket. He had that plans. That got canceled because of the weather. Yeah. And then I ended up left with nothing. So I had a weekend. You uh, you went well, to a Celtics game. I don't think that entirely I makes up for it, but you did something. I had other fun activities, but. Yeah. No racing. Could have watched the Indy 500. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. I, I, you know what's funny? You done I taped... up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. you did, I Charlie. I did not watch it live. I taped it. Watched a bit of it. I watched. You know what happened? The, the end got spoiled, like every race. So then I didn't give a fuck. So I watched the last like ten laps, and I was like, "All right, well that's not doing it justice." You know, we got a podcast coming up. I got to watch a little more. So I I went back and I just watched, fast forward, watch, fast forward, and I think I fell asleep three, four times during it. No, bad. That's like it's five. I will not tolerate. I will not tolerate Indianapolis 500 slander on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I fall. I fall asleep having sex. So that doesn't mean anything. It's like you know, if if it's a good time, it's a good time. (laughs) Learning a lot about Charlie today. But let's talk about karting in the last race. So yeah, did I read this right? You were dragging your ass during the during the race. Literally dragging my ass when I went out for practice. Like, like Uh, you blew a hole through the seat probably because you took a shit. No, (laughs) no. All right, the. The story it was is the chili beans from the Don't night forget, before. guys. F- <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking chili beans. Uh, so, All right, let's hear it. What happened? Yeah, you so fucking ass. The yeah, thank you. The the <laughs> I can't even. Uh, so <laughs> the story is we get there. I got there on a Friday night, and it's raining already. It's gonna rain Saturday. The cart, I. You know, I'm still renting this cart from uh, Ray Leonard. Shout out to Ray Leonard. Thank you very much. Um, but I hadn't seen it all week because I had it at a race shop anticipating my own chassis to come in because the rent- <laughs> everyone the- laughed together. Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm biting my tongue real hard right now. Uh, anywho. Still stuck in the Suez Canal, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buried at the bottom. Anyway, on the bottom of the ocean. The, yep. <laughs> the rental cart had my motor on it, so if my chassis showed up, we could do the swap. Never happened. So I picked it up on the Friday before. Hadn't seen it since I last raced it, and I had to throw rain tires on rain rims, which that was a whole debacle actually, because 
we have rain a spec rims? rain tire this year for the entire club. Every no, class has a spec rain it, tire. It was, you guys were rain that rims. That's the story and I'm narrower. telling. Sorry. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, rain it's... tires are narrower. Why would you yeah. want narrower tires? I feel like you'd want wider tires. No. Now, all the wait, rain what? tires are six and a half inch instead of what? seven. Yeah. Hold on. Correct my ignorance. Oh. On a rain tire, I thought you always want narrower. It's like always uh, the case. <laughs> we have no choice, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just what we go with. So you, I don't... If, you, if you put rain tires on a seven-inch rim, you're going to get thrown out in tech or what? You know what? I don't even you know. You probably if, could uh, do it. You probably could do it. I think you could do it. And uh, as long as somebody doesn't notice. Are the, tires, are the tires themselves narrower? Is that why they do it that way? Yeah. Oh, dude. You know what? You could, absolute, you could absolutely put those on a seven-inch rim, and you'd probably get better grip out of it. Yeah, Maybe. but you don't really need more rear grip. You need more front grip. Believe it or not. That's yeah. It's kind of that. That was my experience during the race too. Was is as uh, especially later on when it was half wet, half dry, a lot of understeer. Um. All right. So, you know, I have to do all this work to get rain. the The story is we have a spec rain tire this year for every class. That tire was not available for this race. Whatever tire order the suppliers were supposed to get Big didn't shock. come through. So, I know, shipping this year for everything is shitty. So, it was a last-minute decision. Not last minute, but like the day-before decision to make the rain tire thing open. You could use whatever rain tire you wanted. So, like, rain tires that people had used Can you use three new. rear tires? You cannot use three rear tires, although we do not have a written rule about that yet. Honestly... You want to you want to get one written? Yeah. Because that would that would have been good. That would have been really good in the rain. That wouldn't fly at our track. That would definitely be within the spirit of the rule book. And Mike would tell us to get f***ing bent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, not gonna happen. Yeah. So the rain I'll tire rule thing I'll, opens I'll buy up. One of those things. I'll show me, Eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> um. I find rain tires, so does everybody else, but now i got to mount them to rain rims. I didn't even have rain rims. I haven't bought anything for my cart because I didn't have it yet, and I'm, I'm now realizing renting this other cart, like I should probably have all the accessories ready to go because I'm going to use them whether or not I have my own machinery. Regardless, I, I mount the rain tires the night before, um, and then the next morning I'm still trying to put it all together. I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have a compressor to actually get the, the tires on the bead figured that out the morning of and then I go out for practice one and before I go out for practice one there's a big hole in the front of my seat and I'm like what what when was that even there and like it must have just happened well, what, during the first race a big hole. what the f yeah it was, it was, it was a big hole, hole. <laughs> hold on I big know. hole meaning basically where you sit like the front end there it was just cracked open like I don't know like that like this is where your ass sits and this happen? is I'm guessing it happened in race one, and I just never noticed it, you know, and until we go out to this bumpy as shit track, or at least until I saw it. This is hilarious already. And so I got I got very optimistic with some duct tape, like, you know, this will help. I just duct tape it here, and there, we'll be all set. And I go out for the first run. <laughs> I go out for the first run. My ass is literally on the ground getting hot. I'm like, come on. No f***ing way. Your ball yeah. sack's dragging, like, as you're just... Yeah, yeah, just just asses dragging, uh, and I'm feeling it, and I'm like, well, I'm not losing speed. I got five to ten minutes to make this practice session worth it. Screw you? it. I'll risk my ass to actually get some laps, and like the last lap of practice, my chain gets thrown. I'm like, awesome. All right. Having a great start to the day. 
and uh, come in. And I looked at the thing and I'm like, I could apply more tape. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. We can't do more tape. It's just it, this this seat's busted. Luckily, Mr. Rick Brown here had a seat for me to use. It was a slightly smaller seat. However, it actually did fit me better. And I'm going to purchase it from you officially when I see you next. <laughs> um, it was a kid seat, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It, it, look at me. Yeah, it pretty it much is. Seat. Alex is um, like, what, 85 pounds soaking wet? <laughs> Hey, like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna have to bolt so much lead. I'm gonna have to bolt so much lead on his cage clone in March. I'm not looking forward to finding <laughs> all that lead. <laughs> I already have to put like 20 pounds of lead on the cart right now. That's it. I know that's it. I honestly, I it was more. No, it used to be more. You don't gotta lie to kick it, Alex. What's that? I was actually surprised that your seat was actually bigger than my seat. I was shocked when I found that. I, out. That's why there's a hole because you. F drilled so many holes into it it was like swiss cheese remember no. to put all the weights on it no i don't yes. think that was a reason you didn't when I was... put weights on the bottom <laughs> no you don't no but he's he's ruined the integrity of the seat you know it's that cheap plastic an china seat anyway i was looking at the way the seat was mounted and like the front end of the seat was like basically mounted like this like it was gonna dig into the ground no matter what so it was huh. destined to break and it was just my own fault for using, you know, whatever holes were there when I first installed it and not actually looking at how it was going to fit. So oh, luckily the seat it wasn't the guy's seat. It was your seat. It was my seat. Yeah, because the guy's seat, the, the original owner's seat would have been too big for me. And I made sure for race one that I was going to have a seat that would fit me because that's been my biggest gripe for the last few months driving other people's carts. So this seat that was supposed to go into my cart when I got it already ruined i'm like whatever i can't i can't think about that right now i just got to get a solution you gave me the seat yeah. and um i threw that in and made sure that like it was flush with like the bottom of the chassis i was like there's no way it can drag if it's flush at the bottom of the chassis mounted it all up and it was good for the rest of the day and interestingly enough we didn't weigh in all day because it was raining and the scales don't like rain so I went out for qualifying with no weights, which cheater. No, I mean everybody runs under the same rules for the day. Hey, no, no scales, no weights. Yeah, I mean why not? Now they did say I'm something sure he like wasn't we. The only one. No, I couldn't have been. There's no way. So no, no. What's no. integrity? Everyone, you fuck. No, no scales. Take all the shit off. Yeah, I know plenty of guys in outlaw carding that would have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you do what you can do as a competitor. So. I did put them on after qualifying because they said something like, well, we might weigh the top 10 at the end of the day or whatever. And that never ended up happening. Ooh. However, um, I didn't want to risk it. So, yeah, qualifying goes good. I mean, I didn't feel like I had a really great lap, but I qualified third. It was like, oh, all right, I'll take it. And then my pre-final was pretty cool. I started third, like I said. Uh, we got through the bowl and then one, uh, two, and three. And then the double right-hander. I got in the outside of Mark Donato, and I prefer overtaking around the outside versus the inside. I got to yes. tell you. Yes. Because. Every, time. Every fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, because I I kind of feel pinched if I'm on the inside. I feel like I'm not going to be able to really use the entire track because I got to depend on this guy on the outside of me to track out with me and and not to keep inside as opposed to where I am planning to put myself. But, but if, Alex, the reason I got to disagree with you is because if they want to compete hard, yeah, they don't want to give you the space, they can make you yield because otherwise you're going to go off track. So say they, they just like... True, 
True. That's but if you're on the inside, no matter what they do, you're still on track at the exit of the corner. They're 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 cooked because you have command of the situation. Right, right. You the, dictate where they. This go. is all true, but in the moment, mentally, I do not. I don't believe it. I I I actually. I mean, maybe you're just so fast. They just don't even know. You're just like, well, I just feel like around the outside, it's like all right. I got more track to play with than this guy that I have on the inside. Which proved to be true in this moment. We took that double right hander, and by the time we got out of the, the second part of it, like we went in, he was probably a quarter nose ahead of me. But then I stayed along his outside the entire time, and then by the exit of the corner, I was ahead. And he kind of gave me like one of these things, and I'm like, "Well, what? I mean, what? I'm racing you, dude. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you expect? I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, you take it, you know." That's hilarious. Yeah, I was in the back going down the hill into their double right-hander. Down the hill to the double right-hander. Yep. By the time I got to that second right-hander, we might have been even. Maybe he was a little bit behind, and by the entire exit, I was already There's ahead. no more gentleman way to pass than the outside. How could someone throw their hands up I know. I, like, you literally got passed. Because, they got, because they got schooled. They're pissed they got schooled. That's because why they you throw get their passed hands up. on the outside, that means yeah. you... You were really slow. I mean, I doubt Mark's a bad driver. <laughs> he he ends up qualifying in the Sorry front to a lot of the time. Flagged and I don't I don't know the guy personally. I've never even talked to the guy, so I don't know. I don't I don't know how he is. As a, as if you a, could pass on the outside, it means two things. It means one, your shit's fast, and two, you got big balls. Well, thank you Lies very much. Tried that same pass to me. That didn't work out for him though. What's this now? Did he catch a right rear? No, we actually went through that same turn the same way. Elias tried to pull me on the outside. We went yep. through that double right-hander together. But as soon as we came off, I pinched him off going into the into the chicane. And as soon as he entered into the chicane, I had him so pinched, I just backed off and crossed him up coming out and said, see you later. Was oh, like, okay. Yep. You know, it was a good battle, but just be having him on the outside, I was like, yeah, no, you're not going to make this chicane very fast, but I hate right. to tell you. Right, no. that chicane Preston was... Is the better part of That chicane was pretty deadly. I gotta say, like... Oh, that I mean, chicane f***ing sucks. <laughs> no, I can't agree with that. I actually like it. I, Wait, I actually I like it. I gotta ask, so hold on, because I've never raced there. Is the curbing in New Hampshire cart-friendly or no? I mean, on the road course, maybe, but there's only one corner that has curbing that we use. I, yeah, but I don't even mean necessarily that you got to use it, but like at Canaan, you can't touch majority of the curbs. No, you can't because it's too hot. No, there is like, no curbing really yet. Right at New, New Hampshire, Hampshire, it's the opposite it's like problem. In where the bowl. It, yeah, yeah, the bowl is the only place that has curbing, and the problem with the rest of the track is that like if you put a wheel off, you're grinding the bottom of your chassis. Yeah. Wow. So they actually made they made a curb coming out of the chicane like, like halfway through the day, and by making a curb, they laid down cones so we would stop driving off the track because we were making rut. They right. used to do that at right. X One. Remember, they used to put cones out, and indicating baby. like, please, yeah. please stop driving off the track so bad. You know, remember that? Like over near the drainage. Oh, the drainage. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Oh, they did that at the Daytona Road Course too in the the Bush Clash. Yeah, they, they actually awesome. had to put the they put the turtles in in the back straight and change the corner. Yeah, corner. yeah oh, but those okay. things are so like irritating. Huge. Speaking of that, did oh, iRacing uh, did iRacing make the update? They are supposed to do that stuff. You know what I mean? I and believe they did. Changes. They just I released betcha. that Chicago Street Course. I saw I saw some video of it. It looks uh, it looks very bland. Yeah, I don't know what the whole reason behind that course is. Why is it a thing? I haven't seen a real race uh, there ever. Because it's it 
it's cheaper for them to build a street course than it is for them to keep paying a sanctioning fee to Chicagoland Speedway. Be my guess. Oh, was this I mean, ra- was this look- course ever actually raced? No. no, no. They scanned they scanned some city streets in Chicago. I racing did, and they basically built the road course off of that and so submitted it to the city. And now there's, there's going to be a race. Wow, it's original. Yeah, the Windy City 110 racetrack. Huh. It's uh, it's going to be a thing. I think uh, next year. Until somebody gets shot by an air yeah. bullet. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's right. <laughs> hey, if they'll shoot Michael Jordan's dad, they'll shoot you. Sorry. Definitely a ra- definitely a honky race car NASCAR driver. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, f- yeah. <laughs> I love that you story. You know what's bad huh? when they compare that place to Iraq. Ooh. Yeah, what was it? Scott yeah. Dixon? Was that the guy that was held up at gunpoint in uh, the Indy 500? At Taco Bell. In Indy, uh, in Indy at the Taco Bell. It was him and Dario Franchitti, yeah. and he got held up at gunpoint <laughs> after winning the pole for the race. You know what's funny? He you went know to get Taco fucking... Bell for him and his guys. Those guys must have been buzzed because when they were telling the story, you could just tell the way they acted so calmly. Because think about it. If you got a good no. buzz on and you're waiting for your freaking taco and you haven't eaten all day, they were just like, yeah, whatever, man. They didn't even give a shit. You know? I mean, they tell the story yeah. like that. You don't know what's happened in the moment, dude. If I'm Buzz, you guys, you know, chime in if you're going to feel otherwise. I don't think I'd give a shit either. I'd be like, ah, that's funny, man. I'm just getting a taco. I don't have any money. <laughs> you know, it's like. You talk a big game. I'm going to have to hire I know, it's somebody. It's not about dude. a game. It's about just, you're like, you know, what do you give a shit? You're driving. He was driving his Acura. I don't know. What, the, what, what was it he was driving? Like. I don't know what he was driving. I have no. I haven't listened to that story in, in some. Well, I listened to the highlight that came up on dinner races up. recently. They just. Uh, you should. Like, you should talk into the mic when you're talking, dude. I am. Yeah, you said six inches. What <laughs> kind of six inches are you familiar with? That's six inches, bro. Come on. No, isn't isn't this six inches? Pretty yeah. sure. That, that, That's what the girls tell you, maybe. But yeah. You're telling me <laughs> you're lying, it's, it, dude. It's not six inches. It, it's a baby arm, bro. Baby <laughs> arm. Yeah, yeah. When a girl tells you this is six inches, you just run away. Yeah, she's she's ruined, ruined. Yeah, and then it sounds like this when you get near. Her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast has gone way off. Track. Yeah, this is this is the most raunchy. Uh, I I don't think I can censor this one anymore. It just it just can't no, happen. You just edit it out. It's gonna look like you know just no no edits. Everybody has yeah, to see just how shitty this production this, really sure. is. It's like when you watch someone put together yeah. like something and they just fast forward through it real quick. You know, <laughs> James May podcast. Anyway, we can talk about the rest of the carding weekend. So I, you know, uh, <laughs> where were we? I finished second in the pre-final well, after go that back move. To your ass dragon on the track. I mean, is that it? Yeah, I fixed it. I already told you. I replaced Did it the seat. On fire? No, no. I didn't actually even tear a hole in the suit, which was kind of neat. Um, <laughs> the only other God, thing that you can tear a through your suit is Taco Bell right after you eat that shit <laughs> <laughs> right out <laughs> anyway got him so you, uh, came, you ended up second so that's, yeah. that's terrific and then so that means I'd start second for the final and dude there was a glimmer a glimmer of hope that I was going to get around Ricardo in the beginning and I don't know what it is I know we have different motors you know, probably running different gear ratios, but like, I, I, I is this going to be a reoccurring trend? You're going to blame the motor all season long? I hope not. Yeah, we're. You must be a Lewis Hamilton fan. No. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I'm not a Lewis Hamilton excuse maker. I don't know. 
Um, you literally just blame the motor. Well, it's kind of. I haven't even like changed a jet on that motor Slap yet. Slap a Red Bull sticker; it'll be faster. Maybe. <laughs> the last, the last two races I beat you at last season, you complained about a couple things too. Oh shit! Well, what uh, are you? What are you? You're not a race car driver if you don't bitch about the car true. when Who things don't go right. Who doesn't complain about something? You're right? not. If I mean, you go like, you know what, oh, there's a difference between me. bitching about the car and being constructive. I had a lot on my mind that day. I don't know. I was slower than usual. What right. Do that doesn't sound like a race car driver, does it? Yeah. It's like, no, man, I swear to God, there was a slow leak in the left rear, and it just. Uh, <laughs> I just want to thank Newport Propane and um, uh, Michelin for making these tires. They did a great job today. Thank you for their continued support. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Glimmer of Hope. Going into turn one that I was going to take him and maybe have a race for first, and I didn't. He just, like, I got a little bit ahead of him in entry, and then he just took the rest of the corner and just said, like, uh, hey, I'll see you later. Damn. And, like, I ran second, and we had I had Hugh North coming up behind me quite a bit, and we actually got side-by-side side at one point. It was, it was a fun battle to hold second. But, like, it amazes me that Ricardo doesn't just win. He just disappears like there's plenty of points on the track where we're going one way and you can see cars on the other side of the track coming this way didn't see him i have no idea where he ended up he was so far ahead that even even being able to see the other half of the track i couldn't even see him so it's alien shit it's kind of my goal to to figure out how to you won't know till you get your chassis and everything blended together. I mean, sure, yeah, I, I you can. You won't know where you're really. I at. can make more stupid excuses saying that I'm racing a chassis. It doesn't fit me. It's made for a tall guy, and I'm I'm running, you know, a motor that I haven't even touched really. I just kind of, you know, it's on the cart, and I go ring, ding, 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 and it starts. I haven't even like, you know, tuned it yet. Well, how'd Still, that go? Ring, ding, ding, ding. What else? What about? <laughs> I mean, Geared right for for someone to walk. Yeah, I'm you. guessing on the gearing too. I I kind of went up a tooth during the day, thinking like, oh, it's kind of what. And like uh. the micron wasn't showing RPM, so I don't even know what RPMs I'm hitting. I don't even know if I'm at the end of the range or not. I, whatever. Did it say danger to manifold like several times? <laughs> no, it it said nothing because it didn't say. Well, the only thing I had was water temp, and that it was actually hard to get water temp during the day because it was so cold. Um. I didn't even use tape. I I need to use tape in the future. It's something I didn't think about at the time. Um, I was surprised how many shifter guys at Newcastle use tape. I didn't realize that was such a big deal. Yeah, dude, my shifter. The last time I ran my shifter, I ran the like the first three laps with tape and my arm over the radiator, trying to get it to heat up even enough to run the thing. I'm like, I can't believe that a two-stroke has trouble getting heat in something like that. I mean, I fire my 500 off. And that thing, that thing hits probably 150 about lap two. Wow! On yeah, a nine second for, lap track. Except for my last race here in October, it was like 42 degrees out and Ooh. no sun. So should have had you know, a little different than Southern Cal. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what what did the high even get to on uh, last weekend? 48, right? I believe uh, it was 48. It was really 48. Was the high? I, that's that's what I saw on my phone. Wow. I don't know. How do you guys even get the tires hot? They don't. They don't really. I mean, well, actually, in my final, they got hot because I ran, I ran wets on a dry track. <laughs> but that was so, the way to go. Right, yeah, it, it is a good talking point they, to say that. Like, pretty good. What's this now? I said the wet tires probably puckering pretty good then on the dry track, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> for it, sure. It is worth mentioning that at the end of the day, it wasn't raining anymore, and it got to a, it got to a point. 
basically I went out right before you guys did. And during my race, still still wet. However, the bowl was dry in certain other parts of the track, but there was still enough wet out there to where it wouldn't have warranted slicks. Um, I have a dumb question. Um, yes. So is it like is it like professional motorsports where if there's some of the track that's wet, the, the the race control or director of competition will declare it a wet start and you have to start on wet tires? Yes, actually, so I believe you when... don't get a choice. You can't you can't gamble on slicks if you want to. Well, my well, race is good. <laughs> here's the thing. Yes, so they gave them the option to be either or when the World Formula Karts and went everyone out. switched to slicks, and that's why a lot of people got f- No, you weren't there. Call. Stop talking yeah, like well, you I'm were. I'm going on what I heard through uh, social media, through the other <laughs> What he heard. It was on, you know how on, telephone works. You know that other podcast that's a week ahead of us? It was on the Twitter and the Snatch chat. <laughs> yeah, snatch, <laughs> snatch face. Yeah. So, snatch book. Yeah, but when you guys went out, you were given the option to either take slicks or go wet still. And, uh, yep. you know, I I had one friend, the kid who bought my cart, he was like, I'm going out on slicks. And I it seemed like he was dedicated to that. I'm like, all right, cool. And then um, Shay Stanley, I should mention. And then Ismar was going to go out on the slicks as well. And I kind of stopped him. I'm like, you know, man, I don't know. I think I would go for the wets. And Shay heard this conversation, still went on on the slicks, whatever. You know, you want to you take your chances, you can go for it. And it kind of did turn out that even during your race where, you know, a lot of the track was now dry, wets were still the good option. And the best case, well, the best example of this was Brett Repke, who didn't he win the pre-final? Yeah, he was on the pole. He switched to slicks and he ended up quite a ways back and ended. Yeah, he made it back up to fourth by the end because the wets were way faster for the first few laps. And then it just kind of started coming together as the race went on and. That race couldn't Yeah, I'm sure it was an interesting one to be in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had two. We should add I, though, I had two dry tires so on and two wet tires on at one point on the grid. The race is only like 12 <laughs> laps, so I mean, sure, but it was 14. enough. 14. 14. What? It was oh, enough time. I'm gonna keep venting about this, but I wish they were longer. Fuck. My God. Me too. How long? How long is the lap around there? about about 50 seconds i think they were i think we were running for you guys just under yeah, a minute. we were doing 10 40 in the car. we were doing 46s in the rotax 46s yeah. yeah it's an arrive and drive arrive and drives were about 10 minutes usually yeah right? i mean we we <laughs> truly do get spoiled when we do the canaan full track races that are like 25 minutes to a half hour the timed races those are cool the 30 minutes are awesome i think 30 minutes should be the norm for a race that to me is adequate but we do get two of them. You get a pre- all the pre-finals so small. It's it's always like half the distance, which sucks. It's like a three, four. Yeah. So race. wait, what about this? Eliminate the pre-final and just combine it into one big race. We could do that. I don't even know why we do the pre-final final thing anyway. Don't is it just it. tradition? It's like that's the way carding works, or is it just? That's what they've always done. Remember when we went to OVRP though? When we did that, that was awesome. Yeah, we had to talk to him about that though. It was kind of our own yeah. thing where we we're like, hey man, we all got five hour drives home. Can you just you know axe our pre-final and let let us just do one long final? And they were like, yeah, and yeah, that didn't end up but I, being fun. Just makes more sense. Except for my uh, breakdown. So wait, what you do is may add a few like another two minutes of qualifying time, and then that's your position, and then there's a final race, and that's it. No sprint, whatever they call it. No pre- well, the pre-race. The cart mania, the road course. When we do like the full road course, we don't do a pre-final on that. 
We right. just do the qualify. I don't even Can't know if we wait, qualify nice. actually, but we just run a 30 minute race. Yeah. And it is, it is awesome. It is a real, real good time, especially at Can because, you know, Canaan, you can get into a flow of things, you know, it's not too many super right. quick corners. So it's not like you're overwhelmed. Like right. in my, in my case, like I said, fatigue is usually my biggest problem. Not there. Yeah, Canaan, you don't have the fatigue no. problem because all the corners are really it's wide. Like Monza. Come on. It's almost like a Monza for carts. Yeah, it it the kind of the way it works. So it, it is awesome. You get into a you rhythm. I mean, I've I've done multiple endurance races with the rental carts. Those races are incredible when you can just get into a rhythm. You're in the car for a half hour or more at a time, and you just you just knocking out lap after lap after lap. It is so satisfying. So yeah, anytime we get close to that in our high performance stuff, it it is awesome. Well, really dude, cool. how did it feel in Orlando? I mean, I did back-to-back hour-and-a-half stints at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was in the go-kart for three straight hours, and Holy it was just shit. like, it was intense. It was fun, though. It was a blast. Yeah, that's cool. I, that's... I actually passed Jordan Taylor and R.C. Enerson in that oh, stint, and I was like, this is awesome. And then I promptly spun out in front of them like six laps later <laughs> like well whatever <laughs> i only ever got passed by the tailors because our cart was damaged the whole look at me again blaming carts hey whatever well no you were blaming teammates <laughs> one point that two, just so makes that just makes you a race car driver that's yeah, right you yeah it wasn't me it was the cart it was other teammates it's no. you know the crew whatever it is never me it's never me you know how it works see i mean Rick, your day was kind of interesting because you did go with the wets for the last race. And then like a I new did. kid won and took off and you guys didn't really Dude, have Dude, I don't even off. know. Don't even know who he was. Don't yep. know anything about that kid and he smoked me. I'm like, uh, all right. <laughs> I do, do wonder. They, uh, do they check tires like for dope? Sometimes no. they didn't. But Check they do what? sometimes. They'll stick the durometer on them. Blue, whatever. Or, really? Yeah, softness and stuff. Um, I don't know what kind of wet tires he ran. Well, they allowed anything. For they allowed race. anything for this race. Um, oh, that's annoying. I got my Discord notifications audibly happening. That's yeah, right. mine have been going uh, off, too. It's yeah, all it's the fine. Formula Hooligan yeah, fans are all... all like, this is awesome. Best podcast ever, guys. <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah, we got the the, the the Formula Hooligan fans showed up tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> They're so, all tuning in now. They're getting back home from the bars. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I kind of – I know we had an incident in the first practice, and I kind of wonder – because my tires are junk. Whatever wet tires I ran that day, they're gone. They're done. They're awful because, because oh, yeah. of that last run being half half wet, half dry. Yeah, I got basically very little tread on them now. And I'm almost wondering if if he did have an incident early on to where he didn't do all of practice one, would it have been enough to actually have more meat on the tire throughout the final for him to benefit? I don't know. It no. seems a bit like I, a stretch. Yeah, it's stretch in my opinion. No, but, I mean, I had enough meat left on my tires, too. My car was just not good. It wasn't set up for that. It was set up for... <laughs> I, I kind of screwed myself. I procrastinated all day thinking it was going to go dry and never change to an actual wet setup. I just put wet tires on it and said, oh, yep. the track's going to come to me. And then the pre-final happened and I went from fifth to third and I was like kind of in it. And I'm not a rain racer. I hate racing in the rain. So like, I'd rather just get... I just wanted to get out of there 
with a top five for the points and be happy with that. And then I kind of got excited after the pre-final moving up to third and started making wholesale changes to run in the wet. And then it dried out. I was like, Jesus. All right. Perfect. Alex was telling me a little bit about that. You guys have to, you guys have to widen your wheelbase or something like that. And then there's gearing changes. You, you Do you guys mess with air pressure rear. or anything like that? Too? Yeah. yeah. The theory is you, you shorten the rear axle as far as it'll go and you open up the front axle as wide as it'll go with the so idea of the stability of driving a trike kind of like a right. But the, also the front, the front tires take all the water and then the rear tires follow and don't take on as much water. So you can still have the rear end planted as opposed to the front end that takes all the slippage. So understeer is definitely a thing during a rain race and that's why i know you were saying like you know why not put the rain tires on regular rims and have them wider and you'd have more grip for the rear well you already have plenty of grip for the rear mostly so it's kind of yeah that, that's basically What's what we the, do it. are you guys allowed to mount weight wherever you want yeah i'm uh, surprised more guys don't try and mount weight on the nose of the car in rain races you know what I don't think you can because I used to have a 10-pound weight at the yeah, nose of my they car. they changed it. They told me they don't allow it anymore. Yeah, and they he told me, no, no, no. The they, they were like, hey, it's good for this race. Next race, make sure it's on the seat. So maybe you could have like, got away with it once. Well, I got away with it for like a year until oh. until Paul was like, ah, so that explains you all your winning. No, I, you I won for were years after that. Were you winning while this happened? And it's yes. a rain race. So Let's take no away your trophies. Cancel them. No. Those are one. Speaking of that, yeah, race, I don't, doesn't I don't have all his trophies. With, I don't today. agree with throwing the weight rule out for a rain race. What's well, that? They don't want to ruin their scale. Yeah, oh, it's the scale that's well, the problem. They, yeah, they, we're not. I mean, a canopy's two hundred bucks. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. How about an umbrella? <laughs> like, <laughs> just... yeah. We had a timing issue. Remember that the the kids went out and they had to stop their race after like three or four laps because the timing died. That's that's what made my race a dry race and your race a semi-dry race right, was we had to wait. that timing issue because it yeah. was still raining at that point. And that's, I had already wheeled my card over to you and Rich and I was like, well, I'm not going back to change it. <laughs> so yeah, here we yeah, are. Yeah. I got a dumb question for you though. What was more detrimental to the speed, the wet or the cold? It's got to be the well, cold, right? The wet. No, the wet. Really? I'm gonna go yeah, because the wet. wet is directly responsible for being all slippery on the track. Yeah, but if you got wet tires, yeah, I think it's, it's still slower. What would the cold have anything to do with? It would have anything. It would have something it's to do 12 with twelve lap race. It's a ten minute long race. The tires aren't going to get up to temp. If okay, it's sure. Truly that cold. Sure, sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, I still would think. It's, I mean, if it's eighty degrees and wet with proper wet tires, I think you'd be better off in that situation than forty five degrees. Cold. Sure, sure. But I would still argue that the you're wet gonna burn. Conditions... You're gonna burn the wets off quicker. Yeah, I, I would 80 still. 80 degrees argue. and raining, you'll burn the tires off. But go on, start. Yeah. Yeah. You need some intermediate tires. I'd take, I'll Formula take. One. Do they have intermediate tires? I'd rather have rain? a 40 degree non rain day over a 70 degree <laughs> rainy day. Ooh, no I thanks. Agree with you. I hate the yeah, rain. Yeah, I'm not disappointed I that I, the one race I've missed so far is a rain race. I hate the cold and I actually love the rain, to be honest with you. Ugh. It's fun. I the the bullshit to to set up and the bullshit to clean up afterwards is awful. But I got to tell you, the on track experience, I I I'm all all smiles under the helmet, dude. Just getting, especially in the World Formula when I used to do it. It's like, hey, the rear end comes around now. It's kind of awesome. You have like too much power for the grip. It's it's awesome. 
I mean, that's kind yeah, of yeah. No, I'm very, every... I'm very happy to just keep racing in the dry. As an oval racer growing up, the first rain race I did, I was like, wait, we're not just gonna pack up and come back next weekend. I don't understand. <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Kieran, I know you, you know, I mean, you were at the Indy 500 last weekend. Have you had a race yourself since we've last had a, had an episode? Uh, I have not. I actually haven't even spoken to my engine builder yet. I have no idea what condition my engine is in. Right, because you it blew for about it up, two right? Now. I blew up, yeah. I, uh, I, I, As I said in the last episode, um, common sense did not prevail. I didn't change my jet. I ran a gear that was too short, and I raced the top of the racetrack. Between the three of them, I, bu- I nuked her. Um, and then the backup motor, I was too conservative with the jetting. I was way too fat, and it never cleared out. So mm. it is what it is. It's like, like I always say, it's racing, but uh, it's it's a learning experience every time. I, uh, I have not – I'm going to try and get home on Sunday to put eyes on the car and hopefully get her fixed up. Um, I'm now realizing that I forgot to order all the shit that I need to fix it this week. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. got another week. I'll get her thrown together and go racing next weekend, I think. Nice. Very nice. Father's Day. Yes, sir. Well, his father wouldn't yeah, want any other way. Yeah, dad's, but dad's in Rhode Island. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah hit him back, up. Drive a Jag or something and blow that one up. <laughs> Nuke it. Because it worked so Actually, well the last time. You know what's shocking to me is they still build Jaguars. Like the new yeah. X, whatever it's called, is actually pretty sweet looking. Supercharged yeah, XJ6 yeah. or something. No, so they're getting rid of. I just read an article. They're they're getting rid of like the six cylinder and replacing it with only the V8 supercharged V8. Really, that's Good. backwards from everything. I know. Company. That's why I'm thinking. Yeah. Keep the. Keep you, know, it you know, it's funny. I when I bought my Miata last year, I bought it from a kid that was a recent salesman for a. I'm gonna you know blow his whole business here, but only to sixty people. So what does it matter? He you're he was plugging. like, yeah, here comes the plug. Yeah, <laughs> ding. He, he um he was a recent new salesman for a Jaguar slash Land Rover company. He used to work in the in the you know as a service guy, and then when COVID hit and people didn't want to come back to work, they were like, "Well, you want to do sales?" And he's like, "All right, yeah." And so I guess he was doing well for himself, but he was funny because he was telling me he's like, "Dude, I would never sell any of these to my friends." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Dude, they come back after ten thousand miles with blown motors and all sorts of problems." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. But I it's thought Land Jaguar. Rovers are supposed to be good. They're the bottom, bottom of the JD Power, whatever you know, list. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You would actually have an idea they being in the what's auto that? parts business. Yeah. yeah. I was, I said they used to joke that uh, when you buy a Jaguar, it comes with a picnic in the trunk. A picnic. Because you're gonna break. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna break down. So you've gotta, you got you well, got something to do while you're waiting for the tow truck. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because the aftermarket isn't really up to snuff with Land Rover and Jaguar because there's the VIOs, the vehicle operations, there's not enough of them to warrant producing oh. a part. So what happens is, as a consumer, you have to go to the dealership and buy expensive parts. It's very difficult to go aftermarket. That's the biggest catch. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I've never seen, I've never seen like a, like a decked out Jaguar with all sorts of aftermarket yeah, crap I on mean, it. So that makes sense. Are, yeah, you know why? Because they don't exist. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, there is some, but it's just not as proliferated as like uh, Chevy, Ford. You know what I mean? 
Well, yeah. Or Honda. Or whatever. Civics. I mean, there's a yeah. billion, billion different things right. you can it's buy. It's all about Civics. making money. And it's just, and also the people that buy them, f them. They're, uh, <laughs> they're rich. And if they're not, they're stupid for buying. I can't stand people that buy like a used Land Rover, Range Rover, Jaguar, you name it, for like 25, 30 grand. They take out a loan. So they're like paying $600 a month. And then they are paying $600 a month in repairs. It's like, <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take that 1200 bucks and lease one, and then you have to worry about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're hell-bent on having one. I'll never be hell-bent on having a Jag, to be honest with you. Yeah, no. That doesn't seem like my Now, an Aston car. Martin, on the other hand, let's sit yeah. down and talk about that. Yeah. Dude, I would love an Aston Martin. You kidding me? I love the new look of all of them. Just, it's Honestly, very I'm not, I don't even want... The, the, the 2009 DBRS and the 2002 V12 Vanquish, I think. The Vanquish the is as sexy to this day, dude. They are cool looking. And they don't hold yeah. value well. Even you can today, pick them up for under 100 grand. As if oh, wow. What a bargain. <laughs> well, when, when Doge goes to the moon, maybe I'll fucking buy one. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So speaking, we, we plugged Taco Bell here a lot because it was – Taco Bell supposedly is accepting uh, Bitcoin right now. Interesting. Currency. Yeah. Very like just uh, Bitcoin like, or any any uh, uh I'm not sure. I'm yeah, I don't know which ones, but they are. I heard KFC, Taco Bell, and then a few other retailers. So you can buy whatever you want and it's like <laughs> that'll be like seven ninety five and it's like here, here's a one hundred and sixty eighth of a Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing is like you, you start the day and it'll your, your taco will be worth like a thousandth of a Bitcoin. And by the end of the day, it's worth like three thousandths of a Bitcoin. So at what point in the day do you go get lunch, right? Uh, yeah. I only go you get tacos taco on free taco right day. Time. So I don't Crypto know. Crypto never sleeps. That's true. It'd be interesting paying off one of those like guys at gunpoint though, like with a, you know, Bitcoin or. Cryptocurrency. Okay. You gotta give him your Bitcoin. Here yeah. you go, man. I swear it's worth a lot of money. Don't kill me. And he's just like, he's looking at it. The f do I do with this? He's like, what the f is this? <laughs> it's the future, man. It's going yeah, to the Taco moon. Bell getting held up. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Shit, yeah. But um, so what's next? What's going on next? We got Formula One this weekend. Oh, there's Formula One tomorrow. Yeah. No, Sunday. Well, oh, today is today's Friday. Yeah. I don't know. We got qualifying. Yeah. NASCAR is at Sonoma. Yes, that's exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yep. R yep. Yeah. That'd I'm be a good. One. <laughs> You're not going. Yeah. I like how they do the uh, the full road course now at Sonoma. They don't do the NASCAR modified version. I should watch my words because modified means something different. Go. What's that? I'm amazed. I'm amazed they're even holding the race. I mean. Because California, what's the day today? The fourth. Yeah. We're still, we're still eleven. We're still eleven days away from when we're supposedly supposed to get the masks canceled. Oh no way! I hate to break it to you, but I uh, heard on the news today, you guys are wearing a mask till the end of October. I haven't yeah. been wearing a mask since this shit started. Even when I was <laughs> oh man, in Indy, dude. They required. So they said online, like, oh, masks are going to be required. So you go and you hand you hand the yellow shirt your ticket, and he goes, boop, you're good to go. Thanks for coming. You get through the gate, and I'm, I walk in with my dad, and I look around. There's not one mother wearing a mask. I was like, yeah. this thing. I pulled that. I pulled that thing off faster than I pulled a tear off on a heavy drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Faster than a tear off. That's hilarious. Yeah. Where um, is Sonoma, by the way? Like, Where's Sonoma? Can we do this? What's that? Sonoma is uh, Sonoma's about. I want to say it's like 
maybe 45 minutes to an hour but we're up in from uh from san francisco on the north end oh wow, okay, okay. So it's way it's up there yeah yeah it's about it's like an hour it's like an hour west of sacramento for you know reference but uh it's up in the bay area and it's actually a really pretty racetrack when it's literally any month but june um like i've been there when it's Wait, why is that and because it, it, it's just it's not, it's, it's the way the hills are in wine country when it, you know when the summer months get hot uh the area dries out and, and it's on fire and it's just not very pleasant they can't, they can't keep it green yeah You're right i've it, seen i've seen every time nascar out here yeah every every time nascar goes there the track is always like a desert color and then I've seen videos of racing happening there otherwise, and it's green. I'm like, is this the same track? But it's I guess amazing. We'll... Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see that. Yeah, they they actually have uh, they have the, so the, I think the track owns they own a flock of goats. And a flock of goats. Of paying a landscaper, it gets a yeah, flock. <laughs> whatever, they have a flock, heard whatever you want to call it. More than but one of goats. Gaggle. So they own they own a herd of goats, and basically, rather than pay a landscaper, they just let the goats go do their thing. Oh, hey, that's a one way to do yeah, it. Right. I, I've I've seen them. I've seen them doing it. It was wild. I was like, shit. I guess that's better than a lawnmower. It'll never break down. It'll yeah. Never quit cutting grass. Right. Yeah, and they'll all follow yeah. each other. Sorry. Yeah. Literally. She's great. It's actually a company up here that does that. They like bring them to commercial like places. One of the the solar fields down the street from my house, they have goats to go. They drop off like f***ing 80 goats. And they're all living in the grass. They'll all keep their masks on at the same time. Can I buy stock in that? Like, that's a great company. I, I think it. that's I been, I feel like that's been done. I really do. I, I feel like that was Shark Tank season two. Get a bunch of flock of sheep. I race car in my shop. So wait, how far are you, whereabouts are you again living? You're, how far from there? I live. You're south of that. I right? live in Chico, California. No, Is it? Well, right now I am. Yeah, I'm in Santa Cruz, and I'm basically like as the crow flies. It's probably oh. about two hours, probably closer to two and a half driving. Dude, um, wait, you're in Santa Cruz? I'd have to go through. I'm in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I've been working in Santa Cruz for the last six months or so, and uh, basically I live down here six days a week. And if I get lucky, I have to take off early on Saturday and try to make it to the racetrack in time to qualify my race car. Um, right. I have a great team, Ed Brown Trucking Motorsports, and my teammate Garrett Brown does a great job keeping my car in one piece during the week. Nice. Um, as much as I would love to be spending the time on it myself, it just isn't possible. So I'm sure many beers are bought for him, correct? Saturday nights, and then Sundays we'll go to the shop, wash them off, and uh, we'll talk about the way the night went. And I started working on his car back in uh, October when we started racing Red Bluff together, and uh, we've just been clicking ever since. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun with those guys. We're talking. We're gonna get ready here. I think in uh, two months, just about August eighth and 9th, we have a race in Knoxville, Iowa, uh, preceding the four ten nationals. So basically, Whoa. we're gonna go to Iowa in August, and we're hmm. gonna have a damn good time. Preceding the four tens, no way. Yeah, that. Hey, honestly, like as race fans, that is one you guys, all three of you, need to put it on your list. The four tens. Rick Car Nationals at Knoxville. Knoxville, okay. It is okay. unbelievable how much fun it is and the quality of the race you get to see and just the way that place gets energized. I mean, we talked about the way that Indianapolis was vibing, and I've never seen Indy blow up like that. Um, 
at Knoxville doesn't it doesn't come quite it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't match that I will say that much as far as the vibe goes but it comes pretty f-ing close they've got they got a lot of really passionate people out there and I mean it's part of sprint car country you don't find more passionate race car fans than sprint car people and it's one of those things you really just got to go experience I mean there's the Diggis Lounge the Turn Three crowd sitting in the grandstands the energy the last couple laps of the race I mean you got to do it. You know Sounds what I like realized something. we need? Cardi. What's that? It's fans. We need fans. That'd be cool. We need some grandstands. Just put... It does It does kind of suck that every venue we go to doesn't have like grandstands. I mean, you can spectate decently at New Hampshire Motor Speedway and kind of, sort of, at Canaan. But, yeah, we don't really have like the most awesome spectator areas. And we're kind of... We're under the mercy of the track owners, though. It's not like we have any control over any of that type of stuff. I'm really even surprised that we got that little bitty strip paid for us to eliminate the hairpin that we used to have. Like, we did that. It was like, wow, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, so, we're lucky. We're very lucky. You guys lucky. are so lucky that you did it for yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> we've got this little tiny strip of pavement in between this shitty, bumpy, crappy track that we all try to race on. That thing's horrible. I hate that track. And that's like the one, like it's like that one break during the track that you get. It's like, oh yes, yeah. it's smooth for like twelve feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's I, awesome. you know what? X one was the track that could have done that, man, and they just they never capitalized on it. It's awful. They mismanaged in so many ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because all they wanted to do was get us out so they could rent go karts. So yeah, they yeah. Could go spend the day racing go karts and get booted out. And yeah. get the f- out. We got people paying. Exactly. That that track would have been fine with you showing up and being like, "Hey, give me your money. Are you leaving? That's fine. I don't care. Get the f- out of here. We can get our rental carts in here. We can do even make even more money. That's what they were all about." Can we throw the rental carts out there yet? The last Ironman that I did there, I broke my... First of all, I go there on practice on Saturday, and I didn't normally race there because that's a bad It's a bad commute for me. So I only race there a handful of times a year. So I go there on a Saturday to practice the day before their big Ironman race. Yep. And I get told that we're racing a different configuration of the track than we're going to race on the race. So I'm like, why would you do that the day before? So whatever, I go down, I break my seat in practice at the end of the day, so I want to change my seat, Yeah. and they threw me out of the parking lot at like 2.30 in the afternoon, they're like, you have to go home. What? Like, Wait. I change my seat? Yeah, they threw us out of the parking lot. Wow. Why? Because they wanted to get us out so the rental people could come in. Was When was the session Probably supposed me. to end? Did it already <laughs> end, but you were just hanging out to change your shit? It, the pr- yeah, I was just trying to change my seat before I drove home because I was going to leave the trailer there. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to drive home with it in the morning, you know, drive the home and then back. Yeah. I had to take off my shit with me because they wouldn't let me change my seat. Oh, my God. Not a real racetrack. No, it was horrible. Uh, dude, was, here's, wow, here's a real racetrack owned by idiots. Or idiot. I don't know, yeah. dude. The, the thing is, is like it was the most... It was the best example of a, of a purpose-built go-kart track in New England, but it was just managed by people who just wanted the money. You say was. The... I do yeah, say it's was. Gone. It's gone. Next one's gone. Yeah. I bulldoze gone. Sign yeah, they, they're gonna bulldoze with that shit probably by the next podcast. So, 
It's been speculation wow. for, for a while now. And X1 was basically confirmed to be gone. Boston, X1 Boston, was basically confirmed to be gone months ago, like the beginning of the year. It's going to be a distribution center. For who? I don't know. It could be Amazon or whatever. Oh, and are we talking the one in the, what, the actual, the indoor one? I hope it becomes yeah. a dildo uh, facility because that's really what it's, that's about <laughs> because appropriate. Because it's enough people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Why, why break the trend? Right. <laughs> exactly. And then put a track map on it too. A tr- track map? I can't talk. All right. So regardless, <laughs> it was it was all known that the indoor place is gone. That sucks. It's, you know, whatever. That's too bad. But the outdoor track was always just kind of up in the air. And I heard over the last few weeks speculation. I think you, you had talked. Luxury condos coming in. Soon, it could right? be. I don't know. But I got confirmation a few days ago. Um, from a very good source with a picture of some documentation that 99.99999 confirms that it's gone. It's the, the outdoor track is no longer going to be the documentation I saw. didn't suggest that it was just changing hands and ownership. Rather it was no longer with no, no options of their current employees changing over to other, you know, employers or anything like that. No, so that's, that's a thanks for playing situation. And it just sucks, dude. It, it, it really goes up my ass the wrong way because like other carding companies and other carding tracks came back during the pandemic. I mean, I the only other one I know of failing wow. is Ocala out in Florida. Well, hold on. For Alex. some reason, they also yeah. dived and they're Card- no longer carding a thing. Should've, carding should have exploded during the pandemic. But you well, guys are, hold on. We're all, you're missing the boat though. X1 was dying previous to this. Sure. Because it was mismanaged I mean, it was for years. We knew it was going away. It just... No, we pan- didn't. No, Hold we on, never... The pandemic just sped it up by five years. That's all. It was going to be gone through five Maybe years. Maybe so. It really is a shame, though, with as many people that are as involved with that place that, that, that go there and actually do enjoy it. It like As someone that didn't get to actually enjoy the outdoor track, uh, it sucks that nobody stepped up and tried to buy it. They did. You know, they I did. That's no, the whole fucking point, dude. That's the whole thing. But the reality is it's worth at least 10 plus Wait, million. So didn't sell it? What's this? He didn't want to sell it to other people to own it as a track, dude. Because you know why? Nobody knows. Well, I don't know personally what it's going to become. However, the speculation has always been like, oh, this guy could make a fucking killing selling this place for housing because it is in prime housing area. And so, yeah, the housing market's completely blown up since COVID. Too, yeah, so. it's such bullshit. So the dude is gonna make insane money by doing this, but like he's already a millionaire. He made his fucking fortune off of Jiffy Lube, you know, quick oil change places. It's like, I don't know. I think anybody that owns a racetrack is doing it, and kind of, I, I don't know of how you sustain a racetrack. And a racetrack is a church. Everywhere. You know, you, you can't just blow up a church and because you want to. So I don't think you should be able to blow up a racetrack because you want to. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it made sure. sense in my mind. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I mean, no. what the f*** you can't do? What, nah, what I, I was know. getting to is that I don't know how you make a racetrack make money or break even. It just kind of seems like if you own a racetrack, at it's least carding tracks, yeah. it's something that you know, some rich guy owns that has a passion for it. And you know he'll he'll square off with his employees and whatnot, but Kinda I bet like you, you lose money every year. At least the way I think of it, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe so with your. In, Go ahead. I was to say California. In California, I mean, outlaw car racing is a little different because we do actually get. I, I, we to a degree we get fans. Right. Not a whole lot, but we right. do. We have grandstands. People show up because 
dirt racing on an oval is cool. And you sell beer, right. I bet. We don't what? actually. That is coming. That's yeah. I know. It's a sacrifice. They don't sell beer and they have grandstands. It's, Holy shit. We have grandstands. Well, so at Red Bluff for the longest time, the guy that owned it was he was a very churchy guy and he did not agree with any alcohol consumption at all. And oh, I actually got banned for life from Red Bluff at one point. Whoa. Very the very yeah. Banned yeah, for this life. Is a true story. I got banned for life from Red Bluff uh, at the very end of I for smuggling say it was in alcohol. 2018, 2019 season. So I got it was the last race of the night of the last points race, and sue me. I'm walking around. I was I walked into the hot pit area. I wasn't even in the racetrack building. I had a red solo cup with beer in it, yeah. and they they banned me for life. Couldn't Jeez. go to West Coast Nationals. Broke my heart. Um, and then he sold the joint six months later and all of the bands got thrown out and oh, good. race one, there I was. Nice. Six. Yeah, it was fine. Nice. Very nice. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, beer, I, I think that beer at a racetrack, especially a dirt track, it should be, as long as the drivers aren't drinking it, it should be a fixture. Yeah. That's I mean, how that's, you make, that's how you make money. What goes better together than racetracks and beer, race cars and beer? I know. It's quite the combination. That's well. X One Boston, when they first opened, they made a killing because they had a vibrant bar. But they abandoned the bar thing. Yeah. They didn't put any money yep. into it. They never uh, promoted it. And then it just—how do you expect a business to make money if you don't? The food was actually good too. Yeah, food was very good. I liked the restaurant. And it's a good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Ascari, right? Yeah, Ascari restaurant. It's actually—I remember telling you—I knew it was gone when they removed Ascari off the highway exit sign. Used to say like you know exit here for. Oh. Yeah, they. Because you could go in and just go to the restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah, the way I see it, dude, is like yes, they weren't promoting anything besides like the sign you would corporate see. corporate events. That was it. Corporate events, they would put Team a lot on. Building exercises. They used come to. Here. Uh, they used to make a lot of money because they had a big conference room, like a big. I wouldn't even call it a conference room. It was kind of like a yeah. uh, an events room. And they used to have mediums there quite often. That used to be oh, very that funny. Oh, too? No way. Yeah, because we would go there for our Friday night pro league races, and then there would just be like <laughs> like a whole group of people going into the uh, to the event room. And it was like, what's going on in there? Oh, they got a medium. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, I mean, the, you, Medi- meetings or medium? Medium. The people who see ghosts and, and talk to them and shit. Oh, so that's, okay. I was worried that's what you said. All right, go on. Yeah. There's going to be some yeah. random card. But I, I can see now. why you do that if you're drawing in crowds to make money to keep the rest of it going. You know what I mean? But over. Yeah, take whoever you can get. Yeah, over the last five years that I was going there and like. Could have done comedians. They never did that. They, they just didn't capitalize. Now, I started racing there 10 years ago in 2011. And, you know, I would talk to guys who had raced there previously. And even back then they were saying, oh, you know, this place used to be much more hopping. They would have, you know, bands and stuff play. And I was like, wow, it's kind of crazy. I'd never seen a band play there. I remember when the time. place opened, dude. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I think it was one of the, I think in this situation, it was a thing where just the owner, you know, had his racing knack. He's like, why not open a cart track? He did it. And maybe it was sustainable for a little bit, but then lost money on it the whole time. But, you know, f- it. the guy's a rich millionaire. I mean, he, he can still make his money. And I think what happened is once COVID came along, it was just kind of the reason to be like, nah, what if it's I didn't have this cart track anymore? To, and it sold it for more millions. Him, and yeah. That's that's my theory. And like Charles was saying, it was dying before the, the pandemic. 
And when all the other cart tracks reopened as soon as they could and started doing amazing and making more money, you didn't hear a goddamn word about F1 or X1 since March of 2020. They closed down. That's they never advertised anything about opening back up. They never even like hinted at it. It was never like, oh, phase one is coming through. We can do blah, 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 blah. It w- nothing. Yeah, and it was bullshit. Like, we're just concerned about your safety. We're just not going to open yet, but we will eventually. Liars! I didn't even <laughs> hear the open eventually bits, dude. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It was There was no. no hint. So that's the way I see it. I could be absolutely wrong, but just knowing the owner's history and the way that he likes money and just... Well, f- he's going to die. I mean, what the hell? You can't take the money with you. Leave the carting track. The carting track, hence, like a right. church, could be there forever, serving its, uh, you know, its purpose. purpose. Now, now your church analogy makes more sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. as much as we bitch about the management, as much as we bitch about being shoved out of the track, you know, and stuff like that, it was. It is a business. It, it was the best purpose-built go kart track in the region, and now it's no longer. Yes. Now we only have. Club Motorsports little test track that they have for go-karts, which at the moment really isn't built for the infrastructure to have hundreds of people show up and race at it on a weekend and have a full grid. And even if we did get on track, dude, the the track itself is so small and, and tight, it'd be kind of miserable trying to race around it. You know, it would it would be like a little little Martinsville, yeah, no, a little Bristol kind yeah, of. Yeah, right there. Yeah. I'd... So, not to be ending on such a gloomy note, but like what happens though when like all ice and fossil fuel motors are kind of gone flash forward, flash forward 10 years from now how is karting going to even exist there's electric carts coming up yeah but two words two words alta motors look it up alta motors okay is that a, is that a company or is it a what is it alta yeah so they basically uh i looked these guys up a few years ago when i was i was looking for alternatives i mean it's it's like i said in the last episode i'm, I'm kind of the smoky eunuch of the dirt <laughs> racing stuff sometimes yep. um so I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for some kind of goofy unfair advantage and uh i i researched this motor that someone told me about and basically i guess this alta motor it has it, it's got the output it's got an electric motor output it's it it, it goes in a dirt bike and okay. it hauls ass on it. It hauls ass on dirt. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, you know, if you could figure out a way to 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 get around the weight deficit from having the batteries, right? It'd probably be really good on an outlaw cart. I mean, because you got torque like that. Electric right. motors, it's it's stupid. It they're is. Just all, I mean, they may not have top end, but they've got torque. Oh yes, they and do. Torque if you... is what gets you off. The so, cart. are you talking a hybrid? Is that basically what you're talking about? No, I'm no, talking. Electric. Oh, you electric. mean straight electric? Okay. I, and I, I, I am not an advocate of electric motors. I would rather race. A, I'd rather spend way too much money to buy a four-stroke for my car than I would buy an Alta motor. But mm. that being said, I would be. I mean, I'd like to see how one does. I do. Yeah, I've I, driven electric uh, carts though. They're boring. They're very on-off. Even braking, accelerating, everything is so. Yeah, you've driven electric carts made for the public. You don't True. know an electric cart for yeah. high performance. Right, I get what you're saying. You could tune it. It's like when they got rid of um, well, hydraulic yeah. steering and went electric, you know, and they tuned it. Or electric brakes, you know what I mean? You could tune everything so, through software. So there, there are examples of our versions of carts that are not coming out with electric motors. It's it's just starting now, and I've seen one going around a track in a uh, like a Rotax senior group doing the same speeds. The problem is the longevity. I don't know how long... Yeah. You can make that battery last. But what's the feel like? 
when he when you're on the edge. Well, instant power. I mean, yeah, remember remember we were talking in a previous episode about how when I drive my Rotax, it's kind of funny. You can give it half throttle and slow speed corners, and you have more get up right. than you do giving it full throttle. You don't have any of that crap with with an electric motor. It's just straight power all the time when you want it until the battery dies. And I talked. Wire. What's this now? It's fly by wire. Yeah. So yeah. It's so not like it, like your 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 gas your gas stuff has got the cable, whereas fly by wire it's all electric. Right. So. I have a buddy that works at K1 Karting in Wilmington, and we were having this discussion with a bunch of people over Discord about this exact same thing. And he's like, um, you know, the electric power is really cool. He, he shot me those links of those carts going around, and he said the problem is longevity. He's like, we have four car batteries that, that hook up to our current carts, and they only last five yep. minutes. Five minutes. That's all you get out of it. So that's the issue well, at least on max power and a lot of it depends because yeah. i used to i used to do that too i was a i was a mechanic for k1 speed in sacramento for about a year and uh it's it, the biggest thing that i had to gripe about those electric cars is with those four car batteries one car battery is it's a two-hander to pick it up right exactly so you got exactly four of them on there and it, it just the weight distribution's all gooned up, and you don't have the bite in the front end like you need. You're rolling into the corner and hoping you don't roll over on whatever the outside front tire is. It's uh, it's just tricky. We had to do a lot of goofy stuff with the caster to try and get them to turn. Yeah. Um. They're not. The the, te- the technology was not there at the time. It, it may not be there now. Maybe it is. I could be wrong. But uh, the, it, it wasn't ideal at the time to to build a performance you know, arrive and drive racing experience with it. Right. So imagine trying to get something that goes as fast as a Rotax work as well in, in a high performance yeah. setting. It's And honestly, there, I'm sorry, there's nothing detrimental to the environment with these lawnmower engines. There just isn't. I never know. No, those there's things. actually, I would argue there's, there's more detrimental to the environment with a battery powered car. They're hundred percent. hundred percent. Carbon shit goes into replacing these batteries. They don't last forever. Nope. No. But hey, yeah. no one's gonna. Bucks, yeah. Another piston for my gas engine. Good to go. Yep. Right. Yeah, there is that argument. I, when it comes to environmental stuff like that, I don't try to pretend like I know anything because I really don't. I I don't know what goes into anything that goes on with energy. And I've seen stuff the movie like Blood that. Diamond, and if it's anything like that, mining the batteries, then shit, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Yeah. So people do argue with with the car batteries for for electric cars, like it is a horrible process to mine the lithium, whatever they use to make those batteries, and how much is it worth? Oh yeah. You know, doing but that versus. No emissions. Right. But there's no. No emissions, emissions yet. All but the yes. equipment getting mining it is all gas powered, fossil yeah. fueled, and everything else. Like. And then when you plug it. Into how the do you wall, think you charge up your electric car? Right. It, it's yeah, nuclear, it's like the, gas, it's like the whatever. Charger banks that run off of diesel generators. It's like what right. the f- are we doing here, guys? Right. Yeah. There's there's all those arguments. It's all yeah. It's all optics. It appears to be more cleanly because nothing's coming out of the tailpipe. <laughs> but. Yeah. The non-existent tailpipe. Yeah. yeah. So the future of carding, well, I mean, I think it's going to keep doing what it's doing right now. I, I, hey, guys, the future of it is sitting right here. No, it's not. Shut your fucking mouth. It's an Olympic no. sport. No, no, it's. Yes, it is. It's part of the virtual Olympics. You know, still... I don't want that to be that way, but I hate to say it. Eventually, the end game for motorsports. Only virtual. if real motorsports virtual. fails. Only if real motorsports fails. It will fail. No one's going to watch. Ever. No one's ever going to watch E um, Formula E. Ever. It's never. Never going to happen. There Mark. is a following, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. 30 people. I tried. It f- 
terrible. Yeah, I tried too, and I don't like it. But I got friends. I got what, friends what that we race with, dude. Not anymore. No, they got better than that. They... Right. They they did get better. The second gen car can last a whole race. Yes. Um. But you still have to manage the battery. You do. And fan boost is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard of in any type of motorsport whatsoever. You guys know what that is? Yes, it is. No. I saw that. I think it's if you don't bump anybody within two minutes, you get extra boost. No, wait. That's uh, K1 or something. Dude, it's like playing That's... an RC Pro-Am on Nintendo. You made it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't touch the guy in front of you and you get more boost. Fan boost is they pick three drivers during the race that get voted by fans. Basically, it's a popularity contest. Whoever wins, it gets more boost. Oh, it would never race. be Lewis, so that might be pretty good. It's probably the same three guys every time, too. I don't know. Even if they randomize it. Wh- why, does the, why do the fans have any input about performance? It's, it's a way dumb. you build your fan base. Think about farce. it. It's not a race. It's a farce. It's a farce. Yeah. And then the whole, the whole, uh, I don't know what they call it, but if you run on the outside line of certain corners, you get extra boost in the next straightaway and stuff like that. That's awesome. So you literally, it's like Forza. You drive over coins, virtual coins, like in uh, cart. Yeah, it's video game. You just drive right over yeah. it. You pick up a, a turbocharger or whatever. And then the fact that the cars go by and they sound like. <laughs> they don't sound like anything. Like why? It's like listening to Parnelli Jones' turbine. It's car. like a wet queef every time it passes by the start finish. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we should probably. Rick, I think, Rick looks like he's gonna fall. Asleep. I gotta take a pee. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm Charlie. I'm Alex. You guys are <laughs> that Formula Hooligan podcast. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, yes. Thank you. Thank you for uh, yes. Being thanks for joining us once joining again, us guys. Again. Appreciate your uh, your company hey. and uh, yeah, that was great. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. Go IndyCar. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>